Welcome to the Ripe Global Podcast, a podcast providing innovative and inspirational dental education to dental professionals and their teams worldwide. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the podcast. So if you're hearing me, our microphones are working, but if you're seeing us for the first time, this is the first time we're actually doing the podcast as a video podcast. So with that, I'd love to kick off with our first video guest, which is Alice Wong from Bagara, Australia. So <laughs> how's that for a good stumbling intro? Alice, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks, Mike, for having me. Yeah. So, Alice, you know, I, I know you a little bit, not, not extremely well. I'm looking forward to getting to know you. But can you tell us a little bit about your, you know, your background, where you're from, where you went to school? Just, you know, just kind of the, the, the five, the, the quick bio about yourself. Sure. Sure. I'm South Korean and I lived in New Zealand. I lived in Singapore and I practiced in Melbourne since graduating. And now I live in regional Queensland. Oh my! I practice. So, yeah. What, what what order did that go in? So you so you're born in South Korea and then New Zealand, then Singapore, then Melbourne. Yes. So family circumstances took me to New Zealand, Auckland, and Singapore. Did my school in Melbourne Uni, and practiced in Melbourne metropolitan city for a little while, and okay. I now live in Bagara in Bundaberg. Well, that's just and a I little practice. bit different from Melbourne. <laughs> just, just a bit different. Um, and I practice with Dr. Lincoln Harris here. Um, and it's just the most amazing place I lived in in my whole life. Very cool. I, well, I've, I've been to New Zealand, I've been to Melbourne, and, I, and I've been to Bundaberg and Bagara. So, yeah, about as varied as you can certainly get. Where, where did you live in New Zealand? Auckland. So that okay. well, I grew up there as a as a child. So going to school with a bag with just a lunchbox. There's absolutely no textbooks, just the lunchbox. Nice. And nice. running around in recess, bare feet. That was uh, a great culture shock going from South Korea to New Zealand. But okay. um, it opened my eyes to the nature and um, being around um, the relaxed lifestyle. So I, I really where, enjoyed myself. Where, where, where were you in Seoul? Or, I'm sorry, were you in Seoul? No, so I'm from Daegu, which is four hours drive from Seoul and quicker if you take the bullet train. And <laughs> I, if you ask me how Korean are you, I am not very Korean, but okay. deep inside, I'm, I'm very much uh, connected to my roots and my family. Nice. Well, I, I, I can certainly understand and respect that. How, how old were you when you left South Korea? Grade four. That's okay. nine years old. All right. And then you did your secondary or high school in New Zealand? And yes, and Singapore as well. Okay. And then on to Melbourne for uh, dental school university. Absolutely. Nice. Which of, the, which of those places were your, were your favorites? To me, I don't have a place where I can say, this is a street I grew up. This is my home. I don't have that particular connection to a place per se, but uh, like my favorite place is where my family is and where my friends are, where my professional connections are. And now that having, now living in Bagara and being so close to the beach, being by the ocean, and doing just amazing dentistry here as well. 
I can actually say that Bakara is my favorite place because never in my life did I imagine myself um, opening the door and just being so close to the beach. Wow, it, it, it is an amazing place. How long, how long have you been there now? A year and a half. Okay, okay, begs the question, how the heck did you end up in Bagara? <laughs> I, I ask myself that question too. <laughs> I live here now. Um, I met Lincoln in 2018. And okay. at the time I was transitioning from being very uninterested and not motivated to practice dentistry mm -hmm. to meeting Lincoln and being exposed to the beauty of slow dentistry and doing things beautifully. And that was a turning point for me. And I started doing much of his courses. And through that, I got to know you. And through that, I, I got to know many other mentors. And during that transition, Link, Link had this course to teach implantology to, uh, to other students. And he had these patients who would come into his practice and we would practice um, placing implants, doing grafts and sectional extractions. So I had that opportunity to do the implant live program. And I had the experience of being in Bagara and meeting Lincoln in person. And from there, the uh, the relationship or the friendship started and and it just um, evolved from there and all of the life circumstances fell into place and I live here now in Bundaberg. Oh, nice. If I could back up a little, Alice, you said that reading between the lines, it sounded like you're disenchanted with dentistry a little bit. Did I hear you right? That uh... Yes. Yeah, can absolutely. You, can you talk about that a little bit? Tell us about why that was or what that felt like? I am a very motivated person, and I do have that sense of hyper-obsession about something that I really love doing. Mm -hmm. So for the first three to four years of practicing dentistry, I just went full on just you know, uh, and did all the courses I could mm -hmm. and did everything I can to get more experienced and get more knowledge. And then it came to a point where patients weren't accepting my treatment plans and okay. I wasn't inspired by what I was doing on a day-to-day -day basis. And looking back, maybe the environment, the practice I was in wasn't conducive for me to do practice the dentistry I'll be inspired by. And, and also person, this is very personal. And I was in a car accident and stayed in the hospital and wore a neck brace for two months. Oh my. And I was mentally drained and physically unwell. And I thought to myself, well, I wasn't inspired anyway. I wasn't inspired by scaling the calculus and seeing it come back after six months. I wasn't inspired. My neck's sore, my back's sore. I'm a young person. Well, I want to do something else. So I was very much ready to transition onto something non-dental at the time. And see, how many... look where I am now. <laughs> 
school were you when that happened? Uh, four years. Four, four years. years. Mm. And, and so you were in, and you were in practice in, in Melbourne at that time? Yes, I was. Now, without naming names or anything like, but what, what kind of practice were you in and how did you end up in that practice? I was in a suburban private practice. I've been mm -hmm. in private practice the entire time. And it um, was very associated with family type of dentistry. Okay. And a single crown, a quadrant dentistry type of um, type of work on a day-to-day -day basis. So I can't say that I regret that time of my life because I learned a lot at the time as well. And it also gave me a lot of perspective that I wouldn't have. And because of that experience, I'm able to now appreciate what I'm doing. I'm able to now choose the what so-called complex type of dentistry that I'm doing on a day-to-day -day basis. And right. I'm also able to relate to dentists who are in those businesses or dentists who are um, uh, maybe feeling the same way as as I did. Right. So rolling from that, you, you mentioned being up and taking some courses with Lincoln and seeing what slow dentistry, what was possible in that. How did you, how did the transition actually happen? How did, how did you end up in Harris Dental Boutique? How did I end up in Harris Dental Boutique? <laughs> so first off, in Melbourne, I changed jobs. So I went from the, that particular practice to a slower type of boutique dental okay. clinic where we saw a maximum of four patients a day. We would spend an hour to meet new patients. We would spend um, however long it takes to get the job done perfectly. Uh, yeah. There's no such thing as perfect, but get the job done to my satisfaction. Right. And it was a small, small clinic with just myself and a hygienist. Mm -hmm. And I had a lot of flexibility in terms of looking after this one patient and sometimes spending the whole day with that patient getting the so was that Was that your exam. own practice or were you working for somebody and that was just, you were the only clinician and just you and the one hygienist? Yes, so I was working for somebody and because I had the clinical skills at the time to mm -hmm. spearhead the, the whole team, I mm -hmm. was able to I was able to practice in that particular setting. And if I were maybe a new grad, mm -hmm. I wouldn't be able to do that. Well, I wouldn't have the confidence to, to practice by myself with a hygienist. Right. So, so that's prior to Lincoln Harris. And then COVID happened. I was at home with no, we could, Melbourne was the longest lockdown city in the whole world. Yeah. And no so kidding. I was sitting at home. It, it felt like a sabbatical. So I was sitting at home painting and I cooked. I, I don't cook, but I cooked. <laughs> and I was painting and Lincoln was looking for an associate because he was just so inundated with patients. And the whole circumstances aligned and I found myself selling everything I had 
and booking the flight to Bundaberg. <laughs> and I haven't looked back since. Can I, can I ask, that solo practice you were in uh, down in Melbourne, did you start to find happiness in dentistry? Did you start to find enjoyment in that style? Yes. Okay. So that, that, so going from that previous one to this, I mean, gosh, I mean, it's Lincoln, right? <laughs> so, I mean, what's it, what is it, everybody wants to know, what is it like practicing with Lincoln? What is it like practicing with Lincoln? <laughs> you have to be very independent and very skilled and confident within yourself to pull this mm -hmm. off. Right. He's, he's a, he's such a great friend. He's such a great mentor to me and he's a lot of things to me. And he's taught me things that are not, not the, not the typical thing that you would expect from a teacher, for example. So for example, you would go to, for example, you would go to school, dental school and mm -hmm. then get taught how to do an MOD prep and get the angle of the prep in a diagram and then you would do that at school. So Lincoln is a different type of teacher and a mentor in a way that he would, he already has that trust in me to mm -hmm. look after this patient. And so I get to I get to treatment plan, I get to diagnose, I get to deliver the treatment plan and execute. And without that trust, I wouldn't be able to do all these cool cases that I'm doing right now. So what is, what is your, what is your typical day like? What is my typical day like? It's a mix of consultations. Mm-hmm restorative work with the in-house lab work with CEREC, oral surgery, implantology. And I don't love it, but I am the only person doing aligners and orthodontics in the clinic as well. Okay. So when you, when you say my, you don't love it, you, you don't it's love not my passion. Also, also isn't my passion. All the other it's things. not my passion. <laughs> Not my passion to do orthodontics. Oh, okay. I, I, you can't I, was do... I was confused yeah. because you talked about all these things. Like, Wait, and you don't love it? <laughs> so okay. also, also, I can't say I love with a passion, um, but it's so integral to rehabilitations. Right. Even if you're thinking about doing an implant, you need to, you need to know where teeth go. You need to right. know how teeth fit. And so also made me a better dentist and to, and it's linked to doing, um, rehab type of work as well. So when you, when you say the ortho and aligners aren't your favorite part, what are your favorite parts? What are you, I mean, what, what, if you could just fill your whole schedule up that day with what, what, what's your perfect day look like? My perfect day is seeing one patient oh for boy. the whole day. Uh -huh. The whole day. That's my perfect blissful day. So I would start my day at eight o'clock in the morning. And the patient will come in a little bit earlier to have their pre-medication. And so they're chilled and they're happy to be there as well. Mm -hmm. And um, a full arch of CEREC and making teeth look beautiful, doing the lab work myself. 
it's polarizing, but I love it and I, I enjoy it a lot. Why do you say it's polarizing? Because dentists don't like to do the lab work. I find. I've, I know you love it. I love it. I love it. both lab rats. We, you yes, yes. Yeah. live in the lab. Yes. So how, how often do you get that per, to do that perfect day? Once every six weeks. Mm -hmm. Once or twice every six to eight weeks. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's, that's pretty often. How, how often would be too much? Could you, could you literally do that every day? No. Yeah. There's it would a, there's kind a... of be like running a marathon every day. Yeah. That's, uh, I that's love to the... run. Yeah. <laughs> I would not want to do a marathon every day. Oh, that, that'd be like Brett Burris. Brett Burris could do no. a marathon. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> that, that is that careful what you wish for thing is, is keeping things in balance because even the things that you love, if you do them all the time, you can get burned out. And even if you don't love those, those aligner orthodontics, it's, um, yeah. So your commitment though, to excellence in so many fields is impressive. And I, I know a little bit about you and I know how you delved into Sarek and uh, well, actually, why don't why don't you talk about that? Because you came in after hours, you came in on weekends. How did you <laughs> develop the skill set that you could actually spend a full day working on those patients and be able to give that kind of results? Persistence and repetition. I'm never going to be perfect, but that small incremental change, I can finally get to a point where I can do the whole arch by myself. And you would expect working so closely with a mentor, you would expect that maybe someone else did this for me or, or something like that, that I get asked as a question. Mm -hmm. um, but no, you just have to, <laughs> you just have to go for it by yourself. Yeah. And I had spent many, many days, many nights in the practice where I think to myself, how do I get this contact to look like a regular human contact? Because when you click on the design of the, on the software, it would give you this weird shaped S contacts on each of these teeth. Mm -hmm. And I was just sitting there like, how do I, how do you even make this look like teeth? <laughs> and I, I, I like experimenting and I like doing things and figuring, figuring things out myself. And so I tried on my, I tried by myself. And <laughs> I was say on yourself, don't do circular. Yeah, I tried by myself. And I, on the days off, I would come in and watch Lincoln work mm -hmm. and he makes it look so easy and so effortless. It's like the, um, like in sports, there's, there's um, movement, movement economy. Mm -hmm. economies of movement so the it's not like he's moving fast or doing lots of things that, like, really quickly but he makes it look so effortless and he does a lot of things with small slow intentional movements and that's something that i get to see him practice <clears throat> and i learn a lot from that i'm 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 hearing this story kind of weave in and out 
between your independence, your persistence, your reps, but also having one of the most amazing mentors and educators in the world. How do you balance and how do you develop yourself when you're in you know, such a, you know, a famous clinic with such a renowned educator and clinician? I mean, how, how do you balance that personality of within yourself of independence, but also relying on that amazing resource that's right in front of you? A lot of self-reflection and work on myself. And I'm, a, I'm an intros, introspective person. So I like mm -hmm. to spend time thinking about myself. I like to reflect on things and I like to make set goals for myself. And I like to really carve my own pathway. And I find myself in the most amazing place to be able to do that. What goals do you have for yourself? What goals do I have for myself? <laughs> I have all the easy questions for you. I'm sorry. This, this is Monday morning, Mike. This is Monday, this is Monday, this is Monday morning. Get it in those veins. Uh, on a personal level, as a human being, I, I want to live my life surrounded by the people I love and have human connection with the people I care about. So that's mm -hmm. my ultimate goal as a human being. And in terms of dentistry wise, I feel like I'm, I'm so fortunate to, first of all, be educated. I, I was born in an era where I could go to school and get educated. We've built a lot of our courses around human factor driven education, which is the ability to carry it out with confidence and competence, even in a stressful and difficult environment. In terms of my professional goals as a dentist, my mission is to help as many confused minds in dentistry. <laughs> because, because, because I was one and I'm still a work in progress and I still am sometimes. And we are so hard on ourselves and we push ourselves so much and we try to do so much, so many things as, as a, whatever it is that you are, as a dentist, as a business owner, as an associate, as a mom or a dad, we try to do a lot of things well. Mm -hmm. And we put ourselves in this situation where it's just too much. Yeah. So that's my goal. Well, when, when you talk about that, yeah, that, that relates to so many of us. We, we overload ourselves. But one of those personality characteristics that you talk about that works really well for you is you get laser focused and you commit to something. You talk about that person. Where did that habit come from? Where do you think that focus comes from? You tell me. Well, you have to, you have to be a little bit crazy. I think, <laughs> I, think, <laughs> I think that hyper obsession and the craziness is the definition of making you special. 
And yeah. if you're lukewarm and doing the same thing as, you know, every other person, then it is what it is, right? So um, it is a personality trait. And yeah, yeah. growing up, I, looking back at my childhood, for example, I was, I am very, very brainy. I'm very um, intelligent. I was never a, uh, like an all A person growing up as a child. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> so it's, it's interesting because I moved from a homogenous society in South Korea mm-hmm. and moving to New Zealand, I thought, oh, wow, this is so easy. <laughs> oh, wow, it's so cool. And then the family moved to Singapore, again, another multicultural but also homogenous society. And I couldn't keep up academically, so I dropped a year. So I was a year behind everybody else. (laughs) (laughs) We're connecting on so many different levels, Michael. even gotten into the confessional booth yet so (laughs) so in terms of the hyper obsession when I find something when I discover something that I love and passionate about I just like doing it Mm -hmm. and I like learning new things when you Talk about that, and you know, both of us kind of make jokes and laugh about our gap, you know, our, our gap year, <laughs> our intentional gap year. Um, if you could go back to a previous version of yourself and give yourself a piece of advice, who would you be talking to? How old were they, and what would you tell them? I wouldn't say anything. I don't want to go back, and I don't want to say anything because all of the discovery about myself all of the all of the the stupid things I've done all of the good things I've done that's basically made me who I am today right now so if I knew if I knew I would be a completely different person so I I like me right now right now I I like me so I wouldn't change anything I'm liking you a lot too. That that was that was an exceptional answer. So with who you are and who you've become, you know, we talked about you talked about uh, you know all the courses you've taken and how Lincoln is such an amazing mentor. Who were the other mentors that you respect and helped form Alice that exists today? On a personal level, when I had a new grad job, so I worked in a clinic and and it was a corporate type of job where I practiced dentistry and there was a lot of rules to follow. There was a lot of corporate protocols to go by. I worked alongside a dentist called Christina. So she mm-hmm. is... I didn't know anything in private practice. <laughs> so I was green. It was so green. And Christina at the time, uh, she still does. And she trusted me to 
see patients and she she said to me you're you're destined for greatness I, I like what you're doing and I like how detailed focused you are and she said that because you're detail focused that's going to take you a, a, a long I forgot the exact word she used but she said that's going to see you like a long road of success or something beautiful so, so Christina was one of my very first incredible mentors I had mm-hmm. and as I developed in my career mentors these days it doesn't need to be a physical person physical physical person we don't need to meet in in flesh with each other sitting together right so I drew inspirations from people all over the world so I would uh, look for different courses to do I traveled to Europe to do a pros course with Mauro Fradiani at Fradiani Education and that was an incredible experience to see how he practices in Europe Many, many, many clinicians, even on Instagram or webinars, those are all of my mentors that I learned from. Did you see yourself becoming a teacher? No. I did not. I did not manifest this, Mike. that happen then? How, how did not not educator Alice become an educator? How how did that transition occur? Lincoln gave me the most amazing opportunity to just try. And I put a lot of pressure on myself to um, meet the expectation that I put within myself mm-hmm. to be to give add value to other people and teach other people and I did not see myself educating but having the opportunity to just give it a try and just go for it I wouldn't choose anything else and even I I, I love what I'm doing right now how has being an becoming an educator how how has that changed you It's made me a lot more conscious about why am I doing this? Why is it, why am I, it's become so like a automatic pilot doing dentistry on a day-to-day, right? Um, And it's become a lot more self-reflective. I've become a lot more self-reflective. And say, for example, if I'm doing a quadrant work, or if mm-hmm. I'm doing a core build-up, crown prep, and Sarah crowns. Mm-hmm. If I didn't have the perspective of how am I going to explain this to somebody that hasn't done this before, then it becomes an automatic pilot that's not that's maybe inspiring, but it is it is what it is. But having the opportunity to teach this to somebody else that maybe it doesn't have the perspective that I do. Uh, it's, it actually teaches me a lot of things, that the things that I'm already doing automatically, why am I doing this? Mm-hmm. And how am I going to tell the story to someone that maybe doesn't know this yet? 
Yeah. So, well, I'm sorry, go ahead. I didn't mean to interrupt. It's made me a better clinician, absolutely. Yeah. Love this. So you have something pretty exciting coming up, the, the Fellowship in Modern Implantology. Can you tell us, share a little bit about what's coming up and what people can expect and look forward to? It's an interesting mix of orthodox didactic learning plus hands-on learning mm-hmm. plus heaps of repetition in terms of practicing, suturing, right. grafting, placement of your implants, and live patient practice as well. Yeah. So it's an interesting mix of everything that's going to to give you the confidence to place implants at your own practice and right. also also giving you the the guidance when you're in private practice by yourself. Mm-hmm. You don't have anybody to ask or anybody to, to talk to or anybody to um, get help with treatment planning. So it what? gives you the mentorship as well. What part of the fellowship are you looking forward to the most? The hands-on component. Why is that? As a practicing dentist myself and as dentists, we like to be hands-on. We want to practice and we want to make sure that what you're learning translates into something real and something Mm -hmm. that you can integrate into the practice. And the only way to learn that is to be learning how to do hands-on exercises. So I, I, I really enjoy teaching through the cloud-based platform because it people think that it's like a Zoom thing, that it's, you're so far away. Yeah. <laughs> but it's, it's the most intimate feedback you can give somebody because it's so visual, it's so instant, and you can teach someone without having to say anything. It, it was that. I mean, that was the big surprise. That was the big shock. Is how well this works and how impactful it is. So I'm, I'm, I'm actually really looking forward to that. What, so, what, what is your role within the the implantology fellowship going to be? I'll be giving some lectures on grafting, on bone mm-hmm. grafting. Okay. And I'll also be involved with the hands-on teaching as well. Very nice, and. You know, when, when we when with the fellowship in implantology, we've, we certainly already had the fellowship in restorative dentistry. We're into the second, moving into the third uh, iteration of that. Who who should be taking this course? Who's who's that ideal student or clinician that should be looking at the the implantology fellowship? Anyone who's interested and motivated. You can be so, somebody who has never touched an implant. Or you can be somebody who has already placed many, many implants and already integrated into a practice because we've got a whole range of amazing clinicians and specialists teaching as part of the fellowship. And so you can learn from so many different people and you take what you want out of the course. Right. That's uh, I find that a lot in the fellowship in restorative dentistry too. Is we've had a dental student, and we've had uh, people that actually lecture, and we've had people that are twenty years in practice, and it's all of them became a better dentist the next day after each of these exercises than they were the day before, and so like I'm I'm encouraged and excited to hear your your description being consistent with that that whatever level people are at it's it's going to be right for them 
Absolutely. Yeah. So, gosh, I, you know, we're coming up at the at the end of our end of our time together. Alice, thank you so much for joining us. Is there anything that else that you'd like to share that you'd like to say, or did I miss anything at all? Well, thanks so much for being so generous with your time, and I really enjoyed the chat today with you, Mike. And if we can cross paths in December, I would love to uh, sit down and have coffee together and and that, see you guys um, and Janine oh, as well. I, mean, I miss Janine so much. So, <laughs> I, you know, I, I would love that as well. And being down, uh, yeah, you know, I might be down in November. And if I'm not down in November, there will be another time. And uh, but until then, we talk all the time. We see each other all the time. So this is Mike Melkers and Alice Wong signing off with the Ripe Global Podcast. But before we do, if you want to find out more about the Fellowship in Implantology, you can jump on to www, I'm old, you don't even have to see the W part, ripeglobal.com, and you can find out more information. Sign up, register your interest, check out all of the amazing events that we have on there, all the amazing CE masterclasses, as well as, of course, the Restorative Implant Practice Excellence Ripe Global Facebook page. Until then... Alice and Mike saying have a fantastic week and we'll talk to you next time. See you guys. Bye. Thank you so much for joining us for this incredible episode of the Ripe Global Podcast. We'll meet you back here next time for some more insights from Ripe Global. And in the meantime, Ripe Global is teaming up with master dentists from all over the world to offer you a fast-growing library of world-class online lectures and masterclasses. Visit our website at www.ripeglobal.com and become a member today.